Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. Not Cordis. Although, maybe <laughs> there's an alternative universe version. Curtis. Or maybe that's my Gabriel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Go and hit my head, Ooh. and next thing you know, Cordis comes out. And... But he would definitely have like a New Jersey accent, for sure. Um, we're, we're tipping our hat early. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing well. Um, hopefully not going to be super sweaty by the time this both <laughs> podcast uh, recordings are over. Because, uh, you know, I, as the listeners might know, I live in the the Okanagan, which is like the desert area of BC where it gets like really scorching hot. I mean, Kurt would know from his trips to the Soyuz how fucking hot it gets here. Yeah. Um, but I've had to operate without air conditioning because our the motor in our furnace seized, and uh, yeah, waiting on parts which had to get bought separately because then they'd be cheaper. Because if they were bought together, it would be almost three grand. Oof. I don't know how that works. Well, that's that doesn't make <laughs> much sense, but no, not really. I was going through that, I'm like, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's uh. <laughs> That's that sucks. I I have fortunately haven't had uh, AC fail, but uh, I also just like I have a fan that I literally just put like within three feet of me, and I'm like I I don't care how selfish this is. Like I'm just going full <laughs> blast on this thing. I just uh, you know I was because I was thinking of recording the room that I usually do, but we have a fan running, and I just didn't know how for audio sake it would be. So it's kind of like this is the the, the clear sound. Mm-hmm. This is for you, listeners. There we go. <laughs> Just so you you get all of our thoughts on Malignant, because you really should have all of our thoughts. It's Well, and honestly, you really, if you're at all a horror fan, you really should be, you really should see Malignant. Like, mm-hmm. there's yeah. no excuse. Yeah, 100%. It, it's like a love letter to horror movies, like Jalo and other stuff, like... They very clearly were just having fun with this. Also, James Wan was like, I know I make, like, billion-dollar blockbusters for you guys, but I want to make this really weird movie about this girl that has, like, a deformed twin, like, stuffed into the back of her head. Like, And they're like, uh, <laughs> sure, James, as long as you make Aquaman 2, which will probably be a disaster. Them all good. Um... But uh, what is Malignant even about? Well, paralyzed by fear from shocking visions, a woman's torment worsens as she discovers her waking dreams are terrifying realities. So, Very succinct, to the point. That's yeah, also absolutely. a very like classy summary for what is otherwise a not-classy movie. And I, yeah. I, I, I just love that they're trying to dress up this movie like, oh, she, her... Her waking dreams are terrifying reality. Like, 
okay, like, this doesn't even touch our Gabriel at all, or, like, the prison sequence, or any of the other dumb stuff that happens in this movie that is... I, I say it's dumb, but dumb in, like, a good way. Like, this is easily a movie where you can just turn off your brain and just be like, oh, did they just throw a chair across the room at some cops? Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> yep. Why not? Uh, when was the first time we all watched this movie? Uh, I think I got sent one of those Warner uh, screening links just before it came out. So I, I got the privilege of seeing this one early and having to sit on my hat a little bit. For I think it was only for like a day that I, can, I had to shut up about it. But uh, mm. the good old fashioned embargoed. Um, yeah. But oh man, <laughs> was I such a fan and such a an avid um, celebrator of this film. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely should have jumped on this one a little earlier. I'm embarrassed to say I watched it uh, pretty close to when we first were like, oh, we're going to cover it on the podcast. Um, And I don't know why. Like, I just, I I would see it and I'd be like, no, I'm going to save this. And then I just wouldn't watch it. And then I saved it. And now I'm like, I should have watched this sooner. I was so stupid for not watching this, like, as soon as I saw it come out on streaming services. But, or at least it's on, it's on Crave in Canada. I'm not sure if it's Mm -hmm. anywhere else. But, um yeah holy fuck <laughs> yeah i i also watched it via screening link and uh what a depressing way to watch most movies i know that like there, i'm sure there's some studios who are like wait you don't like screeners I'm like no i love screeners but having your email address plastered across the screen while you're watching a movie yeah. on like a tiny little laptop screen is is, is just depressing it, it really is it's uh not quite the best way to watch a movie. I was uh, kind of just fortunate, though, in that like I just decided I'd also go watch it in theaters because it was playing in theaters for a little bit too. Um, and yeah, that was fantastic. Like I watched it in theaters, and it was so much more fun to watch it with a crowd. So um, mm. definitely was the first experience. I was just like, here I'm like squinting at a screen. I'm like, did I, did I just see that? <laughs> Instead, went and saw Landmark, which always a good experience. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, screening links. I know Dan Nichols, who's occasionally on here. He's he's he complains about the same thing. Like when you're watching things on a screen, you're like it's like you're trying to watch a movie, but then you you see your big giant email address just plastered across yep. it or something. So, yeah. Annoying. At least, yeah. I was at least able. To, I, I'm at least able to. I have the Thunderbolt cord that I can put my laptop and screen it on my my TV. So oh, I mean that makes it a little bit better and makes it, it a bit better to squint through the uh, the watermark. But yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, I'm just saying these studios need to come up with like apps for like your your Roku's and your Fire Sticks so that we can watch them on there. That would be the way to do it. Um, okay, we got a few emails. Uh, Derek says, Gabriel is one of the coolest movie monsters in recent memory. How he controls her body is so fucking cool. No mm-hmm. one can contest me on that. I don't know. Agreed. No, one, no one can contest you on that. You're No, you're, it's awesome. You're non-contestable, Derek. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that was so good. Like, this movie really gets all those little details kind of really good like that. And, like, the... Oh, yeah, the way that the body, her body moves and, like, backwards, too. Like, she's running at people backwards, almost. It's so fucking creepy. Yeah. And it just kind of differentiates Gabriel 
uh, from other movie monsters where it's like, yeah, you know, he's basically controlling the protagonist's body. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're kind of able to use that to great effect, I feel like. Because, yeah, there's definitely moments where, yeah, there's that, like, initial transformation, but then, like, other moments, too, where you're like, that's basically a body walking backwards. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby says, I love the third act reveal in this movie. So well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cause you, you wonder what's Gabriel, what is the deal with Gabriel? And then they, t- especially like, you know, how the weirdness of Gabriel's movements and everything. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, um, you have like a slight inkling. Like it, it's almost like an unbelievable inkling. Like, no, that can't be it. Yeah. Because I think I think you do slightly have that thought that it's her, but how? Yeah, it wouldn't make yeah. much sense, right? So, the the the, the little the little hints of uh, oh, is this is this going to be a Fight Club thing? Is is this mm-hmm. is he ty- is Gabriel Tyler Durden, and we just don't right? we're just not seeing it? But yeah, yeah, I that that reveal too was so well done because yeah, you get those little inklings of something's going wrong. This this could be just her doing it, and she just doesn't realize. But then to have the whole reveal of the, I mean, I guess I'll just spoil it right now. For for those who haven't seen the movie, this is your turnaround moment. Don't listen further. But to have Gabriel just be on her back as like this almost little alien creature kind of like with the little arms. And I think you even get like a flash of him behind a, uh, like a see-through curtain mm-hmm. in the very opening scene. Um, with mm-hmm. the doctors and him like freaking out and killing everyone, you get a little bit of like a claw kind of action going on that you can kind of see him slightly, but like really nothing is given away until that reveal, and it's just oh, it's so good. Kind of like reminds me of Basket Case in a weird way, like mm-hmm. just in like yeah, there you you kind of you don't know their connection, and then as the movie goes on, eventually you're like oh okay. Although mm-hmm. it's funny to say Fight Club because now I just have this image in my head of like Madison and like Brad Pitt's face just comes out from the back of her head. <laughs> Fight Club would have been a super different movie if they had like pasted Brad Pitt onto the back of Edward Norton. Yeah, right, hundred <laughs> percent. But I, I will say that the reveal leads into like my favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh yeah, I mean it's the why jailhouse you... scene is just. Oh fucking amazing it's why you rewatch this movie because yep. you don't rewatch it for the stuff in the beginning because i'll be honest that stuff's like yeah it all plays in service to the reveal which if you're watching it again you know but you rewatch this movie for just like the the craft of that scene where it's just like like it's just so well done it's like got action movie choreography and it's in a horror movie which is even better so mm-hmm. um why it's got the hottest take of the week when he says what the fuck the acting in this was so fucking bad overrated um, i think you're missing the point a bit yeah i didn't I, even really necessarily notice like any over like super bad acting i thought it was kind of mostly just people being freaked out and scared so maybe maybe he didn't like those reactions i think yeah the performances are like playing into the kind of like cheesy camp of the film but i I feel like it's all intentional, and I don't think if it's intentional like that, I could say it's bad because if they're putting in the effort, like they're putting in an effort to basically sell this movie as what it is, which is sort of like a campy kind of horror movie done in 2021. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I could say it's bad because it actually takes a lot of work to kind of act like that, and 
I, I, I can't imagine a lot of actors and actresses could pull that off. So I, I, I can see where maybe you get a little uh, confused by that, but I, I just don't agree. I, I, just, I think there's just too much effort behind this to say that it's bad. Yeah. But anyways... Well, hot takes are also welcome, even if we were. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I don't think this is a movie that you're jumping into it for the acting, and I, I think, I think that they're pulling some really like kind of classic giallo over the top, yeah, performances. And I, I honestly, I, I think that's exactly what, um, what James Wan was looking for. And I also think it's kind of like this is like a take two of making a film like dead silence right where mm. it's just ridiculous it's over the top it's it's unbelievable but it's still massively entertaining for those exact reasons mm -hmm. so i don't know that's just my opinion about it yeah okay uh best line in the movie oh boy uh, I wrote down a one or two, and then I think I dropped the ball and stopped paying attention to my notes because I was more interested in the actual movie. So most of yeah. my quotes are from the beginning, where it's like, um, oh, the abusive husband had a real whopper of a line where he says, how many times do I have to watch my children die inside of you? Oh my yeah. god. I was not sad when he died as the first uh, death in this movie, that's for sure. That was his death too. I was like, oh, is Gabriel like... I think uh, my husband, I, I explained the entire uh, plot of this movie to my husband because I was uh, so jazzed about this movie after it was done. <laughs> and he was like, when I was describing that part, he was like, oh, so Gabriel's like a guardian angel. And I was like, hold on a second. We're going to get there. <laughs> um, not quite. But that like first death too was, to me, I was like, oh, is this like a protecting, is this something protecting her? Like, maybe? Yeah. Um, and then there's another good line later when Gabriel is killing the the doctor, the doctor lady. I don't remember her character's name. Um, and the doctor says, what do you want from me? And Gabriel says, to show you what the cancer has become. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like the through line of this movie is it's time to cut out the cancer, which I think is yeah. what the doctor says in the, one of the first scenes. It's so. what Gabriel says a yeah. bunch of times, too, which I, I think leads back to your is gabriel a guardian angel line no he believes he's just destroying what needs to be destroyed mm -hmm. yeah right so that does kind of make sense yeah but like at least he is cutting the things that he believes are are harming madison right yeah right true true so. true yeah it's all about perspective right so yeah Including her unborn children. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I put it's time to cut out the cancer. Just because it's yeah. great how Gabriel repurposes that line. Because it is early in the movie, but like the way he says it is you're almost like, Oh, okay, yeah, like he's got a point. Like maybe he's not the cancer, maybe she's the cancer. You know? Mm -hmm. Gabriel's got some good points, you know. <laughs> is this Trump Kurt supporter. talking or is this court talking? Oh, jeez. I feel myself getting taken over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best performance. Uh, there was uh, some, some I, good schlocky fun in this movie. Yeah, I mean, the stunt performing on, on Gabriel is really great. Because let's, let's face it, uh, Annabelle Wallace is not good. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and like, which I think it's harsh, but I just don't think I don't think yeah, that's the point of the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Is is any of the performance because everybody's bad? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, our, our listener does have a point that nobody is very good in this one. Um, just for her really quick performance in it, I'll say Zoe Bell as Scorpion in the jail scene. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. her her reaction to Gabriel emerging is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I didn't even realize her name was Scorpion, but yeah, uh, I, I did write down the inmate that just pokes the bear because yeah. she was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Yeah, I just I wrote down uh, either the effects artist who created the actual Gabriel as like mm-hmm. the little squirmy worm boy, um, or the <laughs> the uh, yeah the stunt this whoever was actually playing Gabriel that was fucking awesome. Just and, the and without crazy that, movements. yeah, I think without that, this movie would have lost a creep factor because that oh, it was just so good. Like he, he Gabriel was actually terrifying to watch. Yeah. Um, best kill. I mean, we gotta lump in the whole prison sequence, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That that one alone is is absolutely my favorite. Yeah. It's it's just one after the other, and it just it's unrelenting and so brilliant in how it's executed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you and you've got to you got to attribute to one's action work that he did on death sentence and uh, uh fear and furious seven right like mm-hmm. that that really helped him create this scene that is almost completely subversive as well yeah like it, it, it's not it is horror and just the amount of gore and and blood and insanity that goes on but uh yeah it, it's a it's a completely new sort of sort of uh scene in that mm-hmm. film yeah it also just really ramps up the pace of the movie too because i wouldn't say the movie's boring because it's not no like that that prison sequence just kind of really changes the pace of the movie and makes it a lot more exciting than it otherwise was before mm. so. i i think like like after the reveal before the big reveal of gabriel i think there there's a lot of different like threads that are being mm. woven together and it's honestly when i was first watching it it was a little confusing to kind of keep everything together because like it was like a stephen king novel you're like who are all these people what is this there's all these characters here and i don't know who any of these people are or what and is really going on and so kind of following that first part of the movie is is a little bit of like a cluster not a clusterfuck but it's like it's a clustered you know there's there's not a through thread happening yet and then you get to the reveal and everything kind of comes together and then it just mm-hmm. goes bonkers after that and it's just it's so good and and i was like slightly rewatching this too just before we started and the rewatch of this movie it, like knowing everything that's going on is also such a fun time because now you don't have to be confused you just know what's happening and you could just be like yeah fuck yeah gabriel yeah you kick that bitch in the face like whatever mm-hmm. he does you know um, even though he's the villain and you're not, you like, you're kind of rooting for him cause you're like, you feel bad, but also he's an asshole. So he doesn't really deserve anyways. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I felt in the first part at least. And then you get to the reveal and it's a lot more streamlined, which kind mm. of helps. It definitely helps the pacing of the movie towards the end. Um, yeah. but also the, the fucking action. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, 
and the yeah. aesthetic. I, I, I love the insane aesthetic. Like, even the mental asylum, how it's, like, on a cliff and, like, guys, like, parking, like, right on the edge of the cliff, you know? And it's just, like, insane choices, but it's all just for the aesthetic. Mm. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> it 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 all it leads into almost like a mad scientist kind of vibe, mm -hmm. which really helps considering that Gabriel almost looks like he could be the result of an experiment or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I want to give an honorable mention to the asshole husband dying because that just satisfied my emotional needs. So y Yeah. You knew he's not long for this movie. He's just like it's like, no, you're holding us back. So we got we gotta take you out. <laughs> Although technically he was the catalyst, so Gabriel mm -hmm. should have been thanking him instead of killing him. But oh, asshole husbands just unlocking secret uh, hidden people within our our minds. So <laughs> uh, dumbest decision in this movie. Um, I was a lot. There's yeah. so many. Like it's not exactly a movie that has any sort of great through line of logic going for it in the first place mm -hmm. yeah i, I kind of felt like it was in any time like during that prison sequence like everyone just keeps thinking oh we could take this thing on it's like have you not seen yeah like, just done like it's like it's waves, yeah it's like waves after waves of people and, and like not one person's like can, like maybe we should just go like hide in the stock room or something like i don't know this doesn't seem like a great idea yeah, there were lots of ideas that, or lots of things that happened that I thought were going to be bad ideas that would come back and bite uh, the main character in the butt. Like when she's bolting up and locking all the doors, my first thought was, oh no, you're locking yourself into the house with this thing. Like, this is going to be a plot point now where you try and get out and then you're locked in. But that didn't really end up coming to anything. Um, mm. And then when she actually starts talking to people about the visions that she's, or visions, whatever they are, that she's having... Um, I thought that was going to bite her in the butt too and she'd get like thrown in like a psych ward or something like that and it didn't quite happen the way that I thought it was going to. So lots mm. of like almost bad decisions that I wrote down. Yeah. Uh, Alright. I think it's time to score this. That's what I'm thinking for a score. Ugh, I mean, I want to give a full marks. I fucking love this movie. Like, it's a little rough in some parts, or, or like, confusing. But mm. at the end of the day, I, I think the the good bits of this movie are really fucking good. And I this is a movie that is going on my rewatch list just because of how cool it is. So, ten? Ten wow. for me? I, you know what? I can see it. I can... I, I understand the, the perfect marks. <laughs> I'm throwing my hat in with Taylor. I love this movie. It's a ten. Yes. This movie rules. It really does. I'll, I'm not going to quite give it a 10. I don't know why. It's just like, I, I guess, uh, yeah, some of the stuff maybe, like, holds it back a little bit. Like, some of the schlock and cheese. Like, I understand a lot of it is intentional, but some of it I'm like, I think that was just a, a big old just mistake by the filmmakers or oversight. <laughs> so, I don't know. Like... I do give it marks though because I think it is like a very good parody of Jalo movies, and I think some people like kind of overlook that, or they don't quite pick up on it. So I give it like a nine. Yeah, it is very good. I mean, mm -hmm. definitely 
should be watching this if you haven't seen it already. Which I guess we've already spoiled it, but yeah. I I think between this and and um, last night in Soho that Giallo got like a resurgence or like some more life Ooh. breathed into it in 2021, and I I'm like hoping that that through line gives us more of this type of film. Mm-hmm. I would be totally excited to see more. And I'm just now realizing that the poster has like the woman with the, like the, the, per- the big man's face, like overlapping with hers. And I did not realize until now that that's what they were doing. <laughs> so kudos James Wan for that expert level poster design. Okay. Uh, right. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steevil Dead. Uh, you can find my website stevestebbing.ca, and I'm on the shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific time across Canada. Nice, Taylor. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram or Twitch. My username is Techronomicon. Um, I'm just looking through my notes and remembering how cool the knife is also in this Millennium oh, yeah. movie. And so yes. I just want to quickly mention that before we end the podcast. <laughs> and also you can find me on Letterboxd under the name Circeanic. Oh yeah, I'm on Letterboxd as well. I, I try to, at least with my current watching, I try to keep it up. I'm still yeah. kind of backtracking with through the shutter stuff the uh tremble stuff so Mm, i need to do that still too yeah it it takes a while i think it took me like two (laughs) or three days to like actually get oh my letterbox scores for this podcast up well the thing about it and and i know i'm rambling here but the thing about like i try not to do so many reviews in a day because you have on on letterbox because it is like a kind of a social media thing so you have everybody's what they've reviewed kind of like in a ticker across the the home screen mm-hmm. and i don't want it to be just like all mine in somebody's feed like it makes me like super <laughs> self-conscious about that shit like oh get off my timeline dude like stop shit posting so yeah. i tried to like maybe like four a day nah just blast us with your ratings Steve. <laughs> my favorite is when like a bad movie comes out and then everyone like jams in the same review for the movie where they're like, oh, this movie sucked. And I'm like, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like, Me Time came out on Netflix and that movie is just bad. Like, it's just not a good movie. And uh, I logged into Letterboxd and everyone was like, oh, Me Time's not a great movie. And I'm like, yep. I think we all kind of could have figured that one out. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, so. Oh, it's it's gotta be one of the worst movies of the year. Ugh. Is it a rom-com? Not Quite. It's a bro. It's, it's a it's, bromance. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Bromcom, as they call them, I guess. Bromcom. Bromcom, but uh. it's not. It's not like. It's not like I love you, man. So that makes it infinitely the worst. Because I love you, man, is the best bromance. Oh yeah. Ever. That movie is very underrated. It is super underrated, and it's funny because Me Time's the same writer and director. No. Oh. John Hamburg. That makes it even more disappointing because right? me time is garbage. Um, yeah, uh, I'm over at Three and Green Nerds posting stuff uh, pretty much every day. And then I've also been peering semi-regularly on 630 Ched in Edmonton. So, uh, Jelen. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I've been on uh, talking movies, and uh, yeah, that's always fun. So go go check them out. Go check my spots there out too. You know, <laughs> check it all out. Uh, I'm over on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. I can't guarantee that I post regularly on Twitter anymore. I've kind of like eased up on it a little bit, but still still kind of uh, post on there regularly. And then uh, yeah, I'm over on Letterbox Fatal Koala. You can check out my scathing reviews of The Invitation, Me Times, Ooh. Samaritan, and 3,000 Years of Longing. <laughs> Actually, the last well, one the, wasn't as bad as the other three, but... The only one I get, that I saw out of those ones so far is The Samaritan, and I gave... Or Samaritan, and I gave it a... I gave it a one and a half out of five. I fucking hated that movie. And I wanted to like it. I really did. I think the it's only thing good. that saved Samaritan for me was the twist at the end. But I tele like I feel like I telegraphed it. Like Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like Don't watch Samaritan, it, basically. And some janky, janky CG. I had to do the Especially press young Stallone. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I was uh I attended the virtual press conference for that movie and like if I got a dollar for every time the actors in that movie said that it was like, it was more gritty and realistic than Marvel movies, then I was like, I I could have been rich. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I think maybe you shouldn't focus on being gritty. You should focus on making a good movie. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Well, until next time when we talk about Candyman. Bye for now.